is Making Stitches. This time we hear how last weekend's Yarndale at Home Festival went, as well as hearing from bag maker extraordinaire Mrs H. I just think really sewing should be an escape, a safe place. And if we can transform our sewing groups and our communities into a safe place where it doesn't matter what's going on outside in the world, you know you've got a safe place there, that's, you know, that's life-changing, isn't it? and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and this week I've got not just one but two guests for you to listen to. We've already heard a snippet from my chat with Samantha Hussey but as well as that I'm going to be looking back at last week's Yarndale Festival which because of the coronavirus situation happened for the first time ever online with Yarndale at Home. My chat with one of the festival organisers Carol Rennison will be coming up a little bit later. Now to bags. Have you ever fancied honing your bag-making skills? Well, in that case, my next guest may well be able to help you. Samantha Hussey is a bag designer based in South Wales. She's written a book, The Complete Bag-Making Masterclass. She publishes patterns to make bags through her online shop and hosts bag-making retreats. As well as that, she supports an online bag-making community. All that, and she's only been sewing seriously for the last few years. I caught up with Samantha recently and asked her how her sewing journey had come about. I did it at school, as most people do, and um, I did GCSE textiles, and then I didn't do anything creative at all until, oh, about 10 years ago. And um, I spoke, because I can't draw, that's something I, I can't do, so I just kind of assumed that I wasn't a creative person, and... Um, I guess kind of pushed that down a little bit but then about 10 years ago I thought oh come on now it's Christmas is coming better make some Christmas presents do something and um, I discovered actually that um, I can sew pretty well so (laughs) it's funny what sticks with you even after um, not using it for so long Um, but I haven't I didn't sew after doing my GCSE textiles until 2010 so, um, yeah, fortunately I didn't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you've been properly sewing for just 10 years then, effectively? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, um, you know, obviously I had that good foundation from um, from school, but um, after that, everything was self-taught. Everything was just have a go and see. Um, and I think sometimes that does come out in my patterns. I do things that maybe somebody who's been technically trained wouldn't do um and I I can't help but think that's a good thing Mm. because we're um you know designers like myself we are finding new ways to make bag making accessible yeah so it's more intuitive exactly um you know and there might be rules that I'm not aware of but if something makes sense then why would you have to follow a rule if there's a better way so um, I do think I'm a little bit of a rule breaker, unfortunately. <laughs> That's no bad thing. <laughs> so what so swayed you to bags? Um, I think I dabbled a little bit with clothing and realised that it never, ever fits first time. 
there's always some adjustment needed. Quilts took so long and I get a little bit bored part way through. <laughs> so I think, well, bags, they always fit. They're always practical, always useful. Um, and I've, so far I've just stuck to bags and I think I probably always will. I like to do one thing and do it well. Um, although then I see something that someone else has made that's quite pretty and I think, oh, maybe I should just... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah and I know I'm quite unusual in that I know lots of people have got lots of different creative outlets but I just can't I suppose but a list in my mind of so many different bags and techniques and things still to discover until I've um I suppose discovered all of those um I'm still fully bags <laughs> That's wonderful. So I have one of your books. I, I ordered it in the summer because I'm, I'm quite tempted to have a go down the the bag making route myself because I don't have enough hobbies already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, this is something you're very passionate about. It's not just a case of making them for yourself or for your friends. You want to spread that that joy of bag making with other people. Absolutely. And I think there's so many transferable skills from different disciplines um that can be put into bag making and I don't think that it's you don't need to have a lot of experience to make a bag I think as long as you are willing to just give it a go and sometimes maybe be a little bit brave using the hardware and um you know some of the thicker fabrics anybody can make a really beautiful bag and I think most people if they sew have probably made a basic shopping tote or cushion cover the only difference between that and a structured bag is a little bit of foam, some you know, some sort of stabilizer, and maybe a little bit of hardware. Which, if you have just got that little bit of confidence to take the leap, you can easily make a bag that just looks so professional. And it, I, I suppose, you just get that massive sense of achievement then because you think, well, actually, I've made that and I can carry that, and it's useful, it's practical, but it also looks really good. And it makes a great present, you know, if you're thinking about presents as well. It's interesting you should say about having the confidence, because I think that's the one thing that's held me back. Um, I've had some lessons in dressmaking and uh, just setting in a zip. That was a big step for me. But it just feels like introducing hardware and... uh, put you know because of the symmetry very much of bags you've got to get things spot on haven't you um what advice would you have to somebody like me who's maybe just a little bit reticent about just jumping in and having a go yeah I understand that and um we do sometimes see because bag making uses zips quite a lot as you know and, and the hardware and the foam and things and people almost build it up in their minds to be quite a scary thing but I think well what's the worst that's going to happen I think Um, If you're a little bit nervous, find a good support group on Facebook or Instagram, find a YouTube channel, find somebody who can just hold your hand. Um, We've got a Facebook group in the UK called British Bag Makers, um, and that's a really good support group. But I've also got my own Facebook group, So Patterns by Mrs. H support group. And there's sew-alongs in there, there's tips, there's advice. You know, if anybody's really nervous there's bound to be somebody who can sit there and say, don't worry, I'm here, why don't you try it now while I'm with you? I think some of these things that are scary, it's actually just about having the right tools. So for putting in a zip, that is quite scary because um, you know, you've got the zip teeth to worry about, you've got to worry about the metal stoppers, you've got to worry about moving. 
if you have something like a double-sided washable tape, wash away tape, you can use that to stick the zip in. It stays in place. So that alleviates that worry. If you can get something like a um, adjustable zipper foot or sometimes it's called an adjustable piping foot, that makes putting zips in really easy. So sometimes I think we're a little bit scared by things because we don't have the right tools. Um, but until you know that you don't have the right tools, you don't know that you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so finding a support group, I think, is really important because they just give you that little bit of extra advice, a little bit more confidence. And it's such a massive sense of achievement then when you overcome that, you know, that worry, that concern. I guess the world's your oyster. Once you've, you've got over that, uh, that little blip, you, you know, you realise you could actually just try anything. Absolutely, absolutely. We um, we do run sewing retreats, and if we have beginners on a sewing retreat, one of the first things I like them to do is put put a zip in, put a zip pocket in, or something like that, because then they don't build it up in their mind as a big difficult thing to do, um, because they've done it. And you know, if anybody's inside your pocket checking if your stitching is straight inside the zip. You don't really want to be friends with them, do you? <laughs> Not at all. There are a lot of things you can hide within the seams of a bag. And, you know, really, I think, unless you've made a, an awful, horrible mistake, there's nothing you can't put right. And even if you've made an awful, horrible mistake, there'll always be somebody with a solution. Oh, you know, don't worry, stick a rivet in it or, um, you know, put a little bit of an overlay on, it'd be fine. <laughs> I suppose in the grand scheme of things, bag making is just meant to be fun. And it's not so serious that if you get it a little bit wrong, you know, if you go a little bit wonky or if your hardware ends up a little bit off off centre, it doesn't matter. It still probably looks amazing, especially if you compare it to what's in the shops at the moment. Well, that's very true. <laughs> now, you mentioned your sewing, your bag making retreats. How did they come about? Yes. Well, um, I was looking for a retreat to go on myself and there weren't any. So I thought, well, right, okay, well, I'll set one up and then I at least I get to go on retreat. Um, but I discovered that I like hosting too much and I spend the whole weekend just talking <laughs> <laughs> rather than sewing. So um, we hold them in South Wales, although um, at the moment we um, haven't been able to do that, obviously, this year. So we've um, we've gone to a virtual retreat in October, which we um, we're hosting. But so we hold them in South Wales because that's where I live, and everybody comes and um, we try and put people at ease and um, connect you with the people that will be on your table beforehand, so you at least feel like you're going with friends. Um, and then we just have three days of sewing and eating and. Um, we have some retreat exclusive patterns that you can sew or we do little skill builder sessions, you know, on things like inserting zips, which interfacings to use, um, using hardware, you know, things that um, you can transfer across multiple patterns. Then That sounds fascinating and absolutely blissful three days and no doubt an awful lot of conversation in between the sewing. <laughs> absolutely. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> I think people see me coming and think oh go away I want to get on with some sewing but yeah I just I just love to hear people's stories about where they're you know where they're coming from what bags they like to make what what their worries are with bag making because then we can you know we can tailor things we can help help with those brilliant now I noticed in your own biography that you um have dyslexia and you mentioned that 
having that um, has actually helped you be able to visualize 3D objects, which absolutely is fascinating. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yes, well, I think um, I was diagnosed with it in um, in high school, and I've always thought of it as a um, a downfall or a you know a, a something to almost be a little bit ashamed of um, the things that I can't do and the you know the things that I struggle with, and I think actually my inability to be able to draw comes from my dyslexia. There's been some research to suggest that dyslexics um, who are creative do struggle with things such as um, drawing accurately. Um, but it, as, as I started making bags, I realised actually I can look at any 3D objects and draw out quite accurately the component pieces from that 3D object. Not just bags, um, you know, anything that you can, um, you know, see any 3D shape. I've, you know, got that. And I just assumed that everybody had that ability. Um, you know, it's not really something you think about or talk about is it but um it was only when i started designing that people said well how you know how did you work out that we've got um got one pattern that's a, a one-piece bag so the front panel the back panel and the flap is all in one no like, well how did you come up and i said well doesn't everybody think <laughs> like that and um it turned out that no actually <laughs> so um i i see that as my superpower i guess um Invisibility might have been nicer, but you know, seeing three D <laughs> shapes is okay. <laughs> but you know, it just means that I can um, very quickly identify things. And um, some of the retreat guests who have been coming for quite a while, they they like to tease me a little bit and um, pull out the bag that they're working on with the component pieces and say, "Come on, then, which bag is this?" <laughs> um, most of the time, I can guess the bag name or the pattern name and the designer just from looking at the pieces but wow um, that's amazing i'm sure they're doing it for fun but sometimes i think well i i could monetize this couldn't i (laughs) (laughs) yes just identifying parts of bags that have got lost in the system (laughs) yeah exactly how is that not a job (laughs) (laughs) oh dear me so um what advice would you offer to somebody who um is perhaps thinking of, of dabbling in in making bags themselves especially at this time when there's so much uncertainty in the world and, and quite a few people have found they've got more time on their hands than they probably would have had normally uh what what kind of uh, guidance would you give somebody who's considering it um i think firstly just to have that little bit of confidence so find a pattern you like Find that designer's support group, find a YouTube channel if they've got it, you know, find yourself somewhere safe, you know, safe place for you to give it a go, because that that's going to give you the confidence to try it. And then I think as long as you follow the directions on the pattern or in, you know, in the group, um, you know, we've got various resources, various files of where to find um, materials and things. And I think you really can't go too far wrong um you know if you if you know how to sew if you've sewn before things are not that different in bag making there might be some new terminology but um if you're in that space where you've got the pattern you've got the designer you've maybe got their tester team um or you know experienced people around you who are willing and uh, the thing about sewing community is people are just so willing to give their advice and give their um 
their knowledge and it's just such a I just feel so privileged to be part of it you know in a in a place where there's no competition there's no trying to better each other in a place where everybody just wants you to succeed in what you're sewing and I just think it's I just well where else in the world can you have a job like that I just think I'm so privileged how marvellous. It's lovely to hear because I've I, I found that myself in craft communities. People are just so supportive and they, they want to share if you, you know, they'd rather help you and give you some information, get you over, you know, a little bump in the road rather than see you fall by the wayside and, and kind of give it up because there's nothing more disheartening than, you know, hitting hitting the wall with a pattern or, or whatever you're doing and, and you just can't find a way out of it. But this, the community that's out there is incredibly supportive, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there are some trickier techniques and, um, you know, sometimes you can read something and read it and read it and read it and not understand where it's going. But that's when, um, you know, other people coming in with, well, why don't you think about it this way instead? You know, I, I mean, you know, you know, I'm dyslexic. So some of the things that I've written, my testers might understand it, um, you know, um, a certain amount of bag makers might understand it but it might be that you don't understand it and there's no shame in that because it's, it's probably how I've written it <laughs> um and that's when it's great to have the other opinions uh, or somebody just to um you know some of the trickier techniques it's not such a massive deal for me to hop on a little video and just demonstrate that little technique if it just helps um you know and if I've got time and I'm able to do that and that's something that I think is really valuable and that's why I love the Facebook group because you've got the ability to do that yeah you've got the interaction there with uh, with yourself which is it's great in this day and age that you know you can actually speak to or have have conversations with the people who've written the books that and the patterns that you're following it's wonderful yeah absolutely now you mentioned that you've uh, just got involved with swoon patterns can you tell me a bit about that Yes, um, so Swoon is a, um, she's a very large company um, based in America and um, she's kind of uh, ready or she was ready to move on to another project. Um, she's moved on to, um, she's got a storefront and she sells handmade soaps and bath bombs and all sorts of wonderful pampering things. Um, so she was ready to um, hand business over. So I um, asked very politely, would you mind if I take the business on? And um, and she said, yes, we work together very well. Um, so she hasn't just um, sort of left me to, you know, to my own devices, fortunately, because, gosh, that could be a disaster, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she supported me, and we've, um, you know, we've brought the the business into um, Mrs H family. Um, so we're just hoping to offer a bit more support there, um, offer a few more videos, um, just try and make that community um, a little bit more inclusive. So um, in the Miss H community, we try and strive to make things inclusive, make people feel welcome. Um, and I think with Swoon, um, it, it just got so big and it was a little bit too much maybe to handle for one person. Um, so we've got a little team in there now made up of Swoon fans who um, are, they're just absolutely incredible. Two of the um, ladies last night hosted a live sew along with a free beginner's pattern um, and they were, they were online for oh, just over three hours 
sewing this bag together and just making people feel welcome, giving them that confidence. And I just, I just think we've got such a great opportunity there um, with that culture. You know, there's a number of patterns there. Just a great opportunity to make that's also a welcome place for everybody from all races from all cultures from all sizes shapes genders um you know abilities and i just think really sewing should be an escape a safe place and if we can transform our sewing groups and our communities into a safe place where it doesn't matter what's going on outside in the world you know you've got a safe place there that's, you know, that's life-changing, isn't it? Without a doubt. How wonderful to be able to, to bring so many people together at a time when so many of us are very much isolated. We don't have the regular contact with the friends and the family that we've had in the past, but to be able to have somebody that you can reach out to and share something you love with, that's just remarkable. Absolutely, yeah. We have, I mean, lockdown was very, very difficult for a lot of our customers who um, are maybe, they're living on their own, their families are, have got families of their own now. Um, you know, and lockdown was very, and it's all very well saying, well, you've got all this extra time, you can do whatever you want, you can sew, it's a great excuse to stay in and sew. Sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you need that little bit of support from somebody else, that encouragement to, I suppose a lot of people lost their motivation because, I mean, you know, lockdown was just such a horrible time for so many people. You know, just being able to cope was enough sometimes. And I think that presented us with a wonderful opportunity to connect with others. And we um, we did a little series of um, once a week, we would go on and do a live and I'd demonstrate a technique and we'd just chat about things. And I think having that space to be able to do that it's just, I think it helped a lot of people to connect. You know, myself as well, trying to run a business and homeschool and, um, you know, try and fit in, I mean, going out into the outside world once a day. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just need that escape. So I think, uh, well, I hope that that was helpful um, to people who were isolated. I'm, sh- I'm really sure that it was. That's 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 amazing. I just cannot... Um, reiterate how thankful I am to the sewing community for their acceptance Um, you know there's not many jobs that you can go into saying I've got absolutely zero qualifications but I'm fairly sure I can do this and people would be willing to give you a chance (laughs) and I like to think that now I've kind of proven that I do know what I'm talking about but um, I just love that I'm always learning new things new techniques and people are just so open to um, you know that with each each new pattern I set out to um, teach a new technique or a new design or you know a feature or something and I love that people are willing to come along with me for the ride see where we go <laughs> <laughs> how wonderful well what does the future hold for you for Mrs H and uh, and for all your projects well um I don't know. I never thought I'd write a book and I've done that now. So um, it's probably something I've not thought of yet. <laughs> we've, um, so we've got Bag of Month Club that we run. That's a monthly subscription club. Myself and Janelle from Emmeline Bags host that. So um, we've got two more seasons of that next year. Starts, um, so we're currently in a season, then new season starts in January. Um, 
who knows if we'll have in-person retreats again next year. I hope we will because I've, I've really, really missed that community um, aspect of retreats. And um, yeah, who knows? My thanks to Samantha for speaking to me for Making Stitches. I'll include a link to Samantha's website in the show notes for this episode. And you can find Samantha on Instagram by searching for Sewing Patterns by Mrs H. And now to Yarndale at Home. If you were anything like me last weekend, you'll have spent a considerable amount of time online enjoying a vast array of how-to videos, listening to fascinating talks with creatives and designers, and adding to an already considerable yarn stash by visiting some truly exquisite yarn retailers online. It was a first for the festival organisers, as with so many other events this year, they were unable to put on a physical festival and had to do an online version. After the two-day online yarn extravaganza, I spoke to one of the festival organisers, Carol Rennison, to find out how it had been for her. The culmination of a lot of hard work. Um, we've all been thrown into a different world and a different way of working. Um, so we've had to, to deal with that. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to get your head around how it's going to, to work and how we wanted it to uh, to be, but we've we've sort of run it all from the website, which has been amazing. And we do have a fantastic uh, web designer, and I think she's just done a fabulous job. Um, I found it very difficult to understand how it's going to work, um, doing all the Zoom talks and the Instagram lives, and and the exhibitors sending in little videos and how it was all going to look. But um, I don't know whether you looked at the website, but it was all in boxes and quite clear. You know, you could click on the demo, uh, the exhibitors. And then he went through to to all the all the list of exhibitors in alphabetical order, and they had their logo. Um, and then you know the, you could just click on watch the video, so that was fantastic. Then we've had um, the Instagram live sessions, uh, and they all ran smoothly. That was amazing. And then we had some uh, great talks uh, hosted by Matt from Boy and Bunting. Uh, with a wide range of um, bloggers, uh, crocheters, which was absolutely fantastic. And I um, enjoyed listening to all those. They were, that was amazing. Uh, so, yes, so I think it's all gone well. Lots of people from around the world have um, enjoyed taking part in Yarndale, where, you know, physically they would find it difficult to get here. So I think they've enjoyed it. You know, I've had lots of great response from them. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to, to be able to attend a couple of the Zoom calls myself. And, and you could tell, for you know, that, that the people that were involved in those were, were very widespread all over the place. And, and this yes. just gave them an opportunity to be part of something that normally, unless you've got a ticket and you're there, you, you can't be. No, they were fantastic, weren't they? Which ones did you did you catch? I saw Kwani Cheng on Sunday oh, and uh, Martin. I know, and Martin up north <laughs> on the Saturday oh, as well. Just yeah. so inspiring. Oh, fabulous, wasn't he? Martin up north. That little story he told uh, when he sort of started getting into crafting, and he was and he got into knitting, and then quite by chance, an older lady who was quite firm with him said, "You're not a knitter. You're a crocheter," and then. That little seed was set and off he went. I know, there was no stopping him then, was there? I found that so inspiring, yeah, so it was great. And the and Kwame with the crochet. Yes. The um, crochet um, little traveller, the camper van. I know. Amazing. <laughs> 
had no idea that the front of it came off and it was like a little van in itself and then there was a camper van on the back it's incredible her instagram page is just beautiful it's like almost like a sweetie shop looking at all the different things that she's got there that she's made in miniature it's wonderful in miniature with a i i think i asked a question when she was talking um it's not a 175 i think it's a 1.25 crochet hook she uses goodness me um I know, and if you look in her Instagram, um, she had a little picture of a bikini hanging off the camper van. <laughs> Fabulous. It must be minuscule. <laughs> yes. She must have very good eyesight. Yeah, but yeah, just great to meet people like that. Yeah, they were very, very inspiring. And those how-to videos that, that were posted on Saturday and Sunday, they gave such a wide cross-section across. There was the lady talking about the knitting sheaths, which was just a fast... It was almost like a lecture on, on history within Yorkshire, you know, knitting in Yorkshire. I found that fast. I had no idea that knitting sheaths were a thing. Yes, yeah, and Kingston, yes. That's and right. That was, that was fantastic, wasn't it? And there's yeah. such beautiful things, aren't they, in their own right, you know, carved and, and some with names on... Yes, yeah, that was that was really good. Such a good range of um, how tos, as you say, you know, from uh, Jenny Crow doing the crochet in the um, round. Tips. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. and how to hide where yeah. you you started. The, the um, helical striping was it? Yeah, so I've learned a lot, and they're still there. Brilliant. If people want to go on the website yarndale.co.uk and look at those how-to videos. They're still available up there, so you can you can take, you know you look at those at your leisure. Oh, that's brilliant because they're an amazing resource right from, you know, tips on dyeing yarn through to yeah. uh, seeing behind the scenes in yarn factories and then, you know, tips for knitting and crochet as well. It was just, I, I felt like I was there in spirit, even though we weren't there in body. <laughs> it yes, was, it yeah. was a nice shared experience, even although it, yeah. it wasn't happening as such for real. Oh, well, that's good to hear. And and I think on social media, you know, it was just buzzing, wasn't it? You know, everybody's Instagramming and sharing, uh, you know, on all the different social platforms. So and that that's the way it had to be this year. So, yeah, uh, we're so pleased if people enjoyed it. Very much so. Oh, well, fingers crossed for next year, because it will be wonderful to be back in the auction mart and uh, I shall be buying my ticket, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, oh, that'd be great. I mean, I think we still will plan to do something similar um, on, from the website, um, you know, have a, have a part of that, even if we are in, in the physical auction mart next year, um, because it was it went down so well and it, it just gives, you know, everybody a chance to to have a peek into, into the Arndale. Uh, show and team um, if you can't get there physically oh that's marvellous what, what great news so something positive has come out of this situation then <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's learning all the time isn't it yes yeah learning to adapt to situations uh, and it does just just bring up different things thank you Carol for speaking to me earlier this week I can't wait to visit Yarndale in person next year don't forget that the fascinating how-to videos are still up on the Yarndale website if you haven't already had a chance to watch them. They cover a whole host of different subjects and techniques. I'll include a link to the website in the show notes for this episode. And that brings this episode of Making Stitches to a close. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening, please let your friends know about Making Stitches or leave a review on your favourite podcast app so more people can find the podcast in future. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time when I'll be sharing a chat with my first ever guest 
and Down Under, making stitches is going international. My name's Lindsay and this podcast was recorded and edited by me. You can also find me on my blog, Postcard from Gibraltar. Thanks again for listening and until next time, keep safe and enjoy your crafting. Thank you.